Welcome back to yet another edition of the Thought Police with me and Mike Graham and him, Matt Kelly. Um, we are still in the grip of it all. I don't yeah. suppose anybody's terribly surprised by that. I'm feeling fine, actually. Yeah. I'm feeling all right. I mean, I don't know if I've... I think I've had it, you know. I've, I've been sort of starting to talk to a lot of people who have told me that since about sort of the beginning of December... I remember you were really ill, weren't you? I was... Well, I, I, I wasn't really ill, but I had a kind of persistent... Yeah. Kind of cold yeah. that never went away anywhere. Did you have a dry mouth? No. Well, I, I occasionally did. I had a, I had yeah. a dry throat quite a bit. Yeah. And I had a bit of a cough at times. Yeah. But I mean, people have said there's all sorts of different manifestations of it. You know, you could have had it quite mildly. Yeah. But you know, had it for a while and not had it really badly. Because coronavirus, it's as a sort of genre of mm. vir- viruses, is just the same as the common cold, isn't it? It's More just, or less. This one has mutated. More or less. It's a bit worse than that. And yeah. people, you know, I got attacked. No, but the family of diseases oh, is yes. called coronavirus. Yes. And, and uh, this one is COVID-19. It's called that because it's shaped, when you look at it yeah. under a microscope, yeah. like the corona of around the sun. That's right. Apparently. With these weird little sort of Do you know, I didn't mention this to you, but I got attacked by, you know, that awful Jessica Seymour a QC oh, yeah. barrister, yeah. right? Who actually tweeted underneath or over a tweet that Talk Radio had put out of me <laughs> basically having a laugh with a guy yeah. who rang into the show, yeah. who was saying, "Oh, I think, think you're taking it seriously enough, Mike." You know, and I'm going, "It's like the cold. It's like a common cold. More people die of flu. It's all that kind of thing." And he, I, he said, "Well, you, you know, you're not. To, you, you keep telling people not to panic." I said, "Well, what do you want me to do? You want me to tell them to panic? panic. You know, pa- right now is the time to panic." And he said, "No." I said, "Well, what's your message to him then?" He said, "Well, we're all going to die." I said, "Well." <laughs> He said that. Yeah. So I said, well, that's, that's not exactly going to comfort people, right? Oh, anyway, she, I'm not, I kid you not, and this is a woman who yeah. takes herself so seriously, right? She's yeah. like the female equivalent of Jolien Moron. <laughs> she goes, the talk radio must remove, they must take this tweet down because it's going to cause lives. It's going to cause people to die. Oh, God. I, it's just like, Do you know really? what, mate? I am so glad I'm not. On t- I know I keep saying this. I know. Week in, week out. Twitter. I know. Get off it. I know. It's shit. It really is. It really but is. But here's the thing. Last time you and I did this last week, you were telling me about your glasses, right? Yeah. Uh, and how you buy these cheap glasses. <laughs> and then you only get rid of them once they start falling apart. Well, I noticed the glasses you're wearing only seem to have one leg or whatever yeah. you call it. What do you call it? Is An it arm. a leg? An arm. Yeah. So yeah. where's the other one? Well, the, what happens with these? I mean, <laughs> these cheap glasses. So when you couldn't go to work fall, with us, they do fall apart. Right? right, I've got about forty pairs of right. these. But, but <laughs> when been, have you been stockpiling so them? When the well, what happens is when the screw pops out right. of one of the arms, right, and it falls off. Right. I, what I, instead of throwing it away, I stick it in a drawer. Right, just in case, right. because you can still sort of hold it. Can you sort of fix one part into another part and have... Well, you could do, I guess, but it's all a bit fiddly. I mm. mean, you know, have you ever tried screwing in one of those spectacle screws? No. Especially I'm, if you, you can't bloody when see. It, when, it comes to, when it comes to anything like that, I am completely yeah. useless. Well, if you can't see the bloody thing, it's right. a problem anyway. So I mean, here's, here's how useless I am. Right? Yeah. I, went, I, had, I went and did a sort of husband-like thing. Yeah. A couple of weekends ago, yeah, I took the car, uh, took the other half's car to the uh, the garage to put air in the tyres, uh, to put petrol in it, and to buy some uh, windscreen washer for it. Right, right. Did it all, yeah, which I thought was a pretty very, amazing very... thing. Bought the bought, but except bought the um, the windscreen washer stuff that comes in a big gallon thing, right? Yeah. Um, but somehow I hadn't checked that yeah. the top of it had been pressed in, right? So that you know, and it's like a big plastic sort of yes. uh, flask-like thing, yeah. right? Now the top has to be out. Yeah. So you can turn it. Right. And it was stuck in. Oh, I see. And oh. I couldn't get it out. Have and you, was, is this the windscreen washer stuff? Yeah. Have you ever managed to fill one of those things without spilling it all over the engine? No. 
Because it all glugs out, doesn't I it? I think what you should really do is get a, get a, one of those... One um, of the funnel things. Funnels. Yeah. But yeah. who the hell's got a funnel? Who's, well, I mean, we've who got... Who carries them, a funnel in We've the got car? them for cooking purposes, but we haven't... Got, yeah. I, I can't exactly start putting a windscreen washer no, in it. Otherwise, why don't you, know, you just put it in something that bloody pours without Well, do you know, when I had... I don't know if you've ever had one of those cars that takes Ad Blue. No, I is, haven't, but um, I know what it is. Yeah. yeah. That's a similar thing, yeah. because you buy that. I never knew what it was. Yeah. My last car took it, right? And it's basically, there's two holes where the pet- where you open the petrol cap. Yeah. There's one for AdBlue, one for diesel. Right? right. So at some point or other, this warning sign comes up on the dashboard saying, please refill your diesel exhaust or whatever it's called, yeah. the AdBlue. Yeah. I didn't even know what, what, what they were talking about. So I, get, I went to a garage and saw that you could buy it. So I bought it. Yeah. And I tried to pour it in, and it was all over my shoes. Oh, man. I mean, it's ridiculous. Disaster. Well, you know, do you ever use those, uh, like we do, I'm looking at one now, those long-life milk bottles? Um, the cartons. Well, we sometimes get the cartons because yeah. when we like go on holiday or something, we leave yeah. them in the fridge. I mean, they. so what I discovered mm. after 50 years of using these things right. last week, I right. saw somebody on Facebook, one of those posts, and it said, you've been doing it wrong forever. Right? What, you mean snipping so, the top? No, no, no. So these are the ones with the little sort of screw things at the top. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so it's got a little cap. Mm. So you unscrew it. And then, of course, you pour it into your tea, your right. coffee, with the... With the hole bit uh-huh. close to the mug, right? okay, and it glug 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 glugs goes right. all over the place. Coffee splashes all over the place. Disaster right. yeah. like every time. Right, but if you hold it the other way round, so that the What's the, it, the hole is at the top, right, right, then air comes in and it pours completely normally. Oh, really? So I reckon next time you fill up your washing thing, try okay. holding the bottle kind of upside so right. that the. And then you've just got to sort of aim it. Right. But at least then, once you've well, got the it in, with, well, The problem with this Ad Blue stuff, right, yeah. is that it's not really fuel. So you don't no. think of it as fuel, but it's kind of slimy. Ooh, so when you get it, it on your hands, it doesn't, it doesn't feel Shouldn't right. You, do you need to wear, like, those well, maybe. gloves? I saw a woman wearing those on the, on the underground. Maybe it, would disinf- maybe it disinfects you from coronavirus. Well, do you know what my sister told me the weekend? She said that um, she was really happy. She said, I, felt, I can't get any um, hand wash anywhere because yeah. it's all sold out. Even yeah. American, Americans are doing it, right? She said, but I found an old bottle of pop-off vodka ah, down in the basement. Fantastic. And I said, well, what do you drink it? She's like, no, I've got to use it as hand, hand wash. As hand yeah. sanitizer, well, you know. The other thing that works is Sarsen's distilled malt vinegar. Yes. You know, the, the white stuff, well, the you know white vinegar. What I learned, for example, that you can clean you clean the shower head with vinegar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that works really well. So vinegar's like a really great yeah. disinfectant. And I'm hopeless at anything to do with... Um, I mean, I can just about put like a Billy bookcase together from Ikea. From Ikea. But that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. Anything more complicated than that. What's that got to do with washing bother. your hands? Well, I mean, we were talking originally about using a little... Screwing things. Have you op- jumped back in the conversation to I've that gone, point? I've gone back to the opticians. You're, do you know um, what you're thing? like? You're like when you press rewind on yeah. one of an Amazon film yeah. and it goes back at 32 times well, and you go because, like... Well, it's because we haven't far finished... Far too far. Well, because we haven't finished the first conversation. So oh. I, I say to the mother of my children, do you know, I've never in the 25 years that I've known her uh, or thereabouts, yeah. um, I've never actually finished a sentence. Because she's always interrupting me. Really? And then she says... Oh, she should be on radio. She should. And then she says things like, well, you didn't tell me you were doing that. I'm yeah. like, well, that's because you didn't yeah. listen to the end of the conversation we yeah. were having because yeah. you interrupted me so many times. I didn't get to tell you, oh, by the way, <laughs> next week I'm doing this. Yeah. You know. Well, bloody women. that's what happens. They don't that's listen. That's what happens. Anyway, my point is, is that I'm no good around the house. No. Um, and she occasionally complains about that and says, you know... What I should have is a proper man around here to do yeah. proper jobs. Well, why because, don't you get an odd job man? Well, they're sort of we have like a guy that does of, the garden, like a chatterly. She doesn't lover. like to pay for things though. No, she just doesn't like doing it. Well, that's a problem. And also, it's quite difficult to find a decent odd job man. Yeah, you know, 
I mean, I've got a couple of things that need doing in my flat in London, right? For example, I've got a, a, a coat hanger, yeah. sort of, you know, a row of coat hanger things, yeah. which one of my kids pulled out of the wall right. about four years ago. Yeah. And I can't get it back in. Are you serious? Yeah. What? What is it? Two screws? It's basically roll plugs because it's, yeah. you know, it's a proper, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's more than you need a drill, which, yeah. which I don't have. Have you not got a drill? We've got one in Sussex. I haven't got a drill. Why, Why don't you drill the for? bloody... To put your fucking coat hanger back up. I don't know how to use a drill, right? What? No. How can you not know how to use a drill? If I used a drill, I would probably drill through an electric socket or some kind of pipe, right? Yeah. Because I haven't got the wherewithal to go checking it like a plumber would or like an electrician would. All right, fair enough. It's not not something that you should mess around with, right? So I'd sometimes get my landlord to come around, but I don't like to ask him to do it because he's done it like twice, right? Um, (laughs) Not very well. Because the holes are not very good, Yeah. right? Is it going into plasterboard? Plasterboard, does well, it sort of flake a bit? Yeah, a little yeah. bit, yeah. That's yeah. lousy. And I've got yeah. the same problem with yeah. one of my curtain rails as well, yeah. which came out in the summer, yeah. right, because somebody leaned on it and yeah. it just came out because it was so dry and right. hot, right? So I need to put new curtain rails up. Now, yeah. I could ask the landlord to do it. Well, why don't you just fill the holes in, right, yeah. paint over it and get one of those coat stands instead? Well, I don't really like coat stands. Ah. But you prefer a, a coat rack hanging off the wall. <laughs> well, it's down by the side. It's just yeah, there's nothing there. Great. You know, with two holes in the wall. Yeah. That's your preference over a coat stand. Yes. Right. Because okay. it doesn't oh, take right. up any room. Oh, all right. Okay. Where's your coat stand? I've got a whole cellar full of coats. Have man. you? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm a coat professional. Are you? Yeah. Well, I see, I've got, so I've got them all hanging up in the wardrobe. So that's. The, anyway, my point is, is that, you know, if I was any good at that sort of stuff, yeah. I would have done that. Yeah. But trying to find somebody, I'm, there's a janitor that walks around where I live, right? Yeah. Um, Mild mannered. Mild mannered. Um, Hong quite, Kong Fui. At one point, wanted to buy my old car off me. Yeah. Um, and then I sold, ended up selling it to somebody else. But I saw him one day and he said, Oh, I do old jobs. I said, Great. Well, why don't you text me this afternoon and come up when I've finished doing whatever it is I'm doing? You can fit, I've got a couple of things I need doing. Yeah. Never seen him since. He's now left. <laughs> what, right? did it, because he, of that? He didn't come up. <laughs> and then. He's now he's not there. Maybe he just realised it was a mission too far. Maybe. And yeah. It, it didn't it have to set him over the edge. didn't have to face So now we've got a new guy, right? Yeah. Um, who's a bit, freaks me out slightly. You right. know? Why? He came and knocked on the door one day. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And I don't like people knocking on my door. No. Right? I don't. Although, to be fair to him, that is how to knock on a door. <laughs> but go on. Yeah. Yeah, but he's, this is inside a building, right? Yeah. So we've got a bell outside the right, building. Right. You don't walk into the no, building and I know. knock it's on the disturbing, door. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I look out through the little peephole and I see that it's him. So I, I let him in. I answer it. And he says, um, he points at one of the lights because we've got these automatic lights that come on when you yeah. walk, you know? Yeah. Motion detectors yeah, types. Yeah. And he went, um, that light up there is never off. Right. And that one over there is never on. And I said, <laughs> right. Why are you swapping around? He said, have you noticed? <laughs> he said, have you noticed whether they go on or off when you walk past them? I said, not really. <laughs> I'm thinking, why is he knocking on my fucking door so I see this, right? <laughs> so I went, oh, that's brilliant. I said, I'll, I'll check it out next time I go out. Of course, you know, I didn't see him for about a week then. That is fantastic. And the next time I saw him, he's like, uh, did you have a chance to check out the lights? I was like, no, I didn't notice. Because, you know, I go out in the morning, I'm not yeah. really all there. Yeah. I'm not looking at the bloody lights. No, no. He's like, I might have to fix them then. I'm like, okay then. Rub crack so I don't, you know, yeah. I don't really want to invite this guy into my house to fix my, you know, <laughs> curtains. I mean, it's just bizarre, isn't it? Oh, and boy. similarly, down in Sussex, it's quite hard to find people yeah. who will do like a small job like that. Yeah. You know. Because um, it's, what is it? It's like what are you a gonna, tenor, Yeah, what are you yeah. going to pay somebody yeah. to do that? Yeah. You know? Um, but you've got a drill in Sussex, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. But I don't use it. Right. 
She uses it. She, oh, well, just get her to come and do it. She won't, though. No? She hardly does ever she can. never stay in your London? She does sometimes, <laughs> but not very often. I mean, they, they, they've been coming up backwards and forwards. I'll but of course, d- invite me to dinner. Right. I'll come along with some raw plugs and I'll fix the bloody... Well, thing. we might have to do that soon yeah. because yeah. Um, all the restaurants will be shut. I know. So the only way we'll be able to dine out together, which we've never really done, have we? No, we haven't, no. Well, um, we've had, we have it sort of things, but we've, we've been never things, done it in the We've domestics. never actually been out properly, no, which no. we should do. We should definitely do that. But of course, I feel we're ready for yeah. that. Yeah. Funnily enough, talking of, of people to go out with, um, another mate of ours, who I'm not going to name as, as well, because I sent him a... Uh, it was a quite shocking thing happened over the weekend. A guy that we both know, yeah. uh, Paul Field, who yeah. worked for the Mail, Terrible. suddenly dropped dead at the age yeah. of 48. Poor right? guy. So nice I guy. sent this other guy a message to say, Christ almighty, you know, because yeah. you know, he's even older than I am, but he's still working over there. And he's just come back from South Africa and had a bit of a cough. So he's self-isolating for a oh, week. Oh, God. So, I mean, it's not, you know, when it gets it's to the amazing. point where you know people who are doing it. I know. Poor old Paul. I mean, I know this is the cliche, but he, was, he looked to be as fit as a fiddle. He obviously just had a... Well, uh, he might have had a, some kind of congenital heart problem. Heart problem that, that, I mean, because some people actually have that and they don't even know about it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, until it's too late. Yeah. And he's got a family with kids. I mean, I didn't Three know kids. he wasn't a close friend, but I met him several times after mm. he left the mail and he was always... Because he worked at the people, apparently, at one point. That's right. He was at Trinity Mirror for a right. while. And then he went to work on the National Enquirer. That's right. And then he was... He helped launch uh, Mail Plus, which is their right. their sort of app. So it's their new thing, thing which yeah. they're using to do podcasts. That's and all that. right, yeah. Mm. So, so, and then he left to join a tech company. But it just yeah. shows you, doesn't it? Take every bloody day while you've got it. You know, I know, because you never know. Well, I mean, I'm sort of feeling a bit like that now because yeah. I'm feeling a bit like we're kind of heading towards the old, uh, you know, the point at which you never yeah. really know. If the end came tomorrow, though, yeah. Right, apart from the obvious sadness for your family and all yeah, of that. Yeah. Would you look back and say, I had a decent spin? Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. I would too. I've had a great time. Yeah. Listen, I have done most of the things I've ever wanted yeah. to do. There's very few things I haven't done yeah. that I'm going, no, I, I, wish I've I wish I'd done that. I yeah. mean, you've got that story from the Dublin nightclub, which you could have gone, you know, that could have been an interesting evening. <laughs> that was a one regret. Yes. But yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I, because I've, we talked about this the last time when you accused me of being a psychopath, um, <laughs> which the mother of my children found very amusing. Um, she said, he's got you spot on, she said. <laughs> But um, I've always just kind of led with with sort of energy and and, yeah. and kind of enthusiasm, yeah. and I've never really been down. I've been lucky, I suppose. Yeah. I've never felt you have. You've always depressed. Been, I mean, because I've had plenty of things happen to me that could have depressed yeah. people. But the thing about you, I would my observation about what makes you a distinct personality is that you're always up for it. Yeah. You know, you are kind of, yeah. you know, right, let's go and do something, you know, let's right. do this. Yeah, and if yeah. things go wrong, yeah. sometimes I actually respond better. Yeah. In fact, you might, if you were to analyse my career, you might say that when things were going really well, yeah. that was when I was at my worst because right. I'd sort of misbehave, yeah. I'd get myself into all sorts of trouble, almost like it was too easy yeah. or it was too good. Yeah. So I'd kind of throw something down in front of myself to kind of make sure I had something to jump yeah. over. I have managed almost. consistently to screw things up for yeah. myself as we go but along. But you've had some great jobs, though. Oh, yeah, fantastic. I mean, not least the ones that took you to Argentina and Spain and all that. Fabulous, fabulous. Mm. I mean, I, I spent two years effectively working abroad yeah. in with some wonderful people and, and do you still see all those people? Yeah, so, I mean, touch? some of them. Federico Kirschbaum, who's the um, editor-in-chief at Clarín, which is the big newspaper in Buenos Aires, right. in Argentina. He's like a very close friend is of he? mine. Yeah, yeah. And do you see him? Does he come here? Yeah, uh, well, we're Facebook friends, right. and we see each other at least two or three times a year yeah. when we meet at various functions and conferences. See, that's great, because yeah. I think that as a sort of... Considering the, the journey... I was talking to Emma and my daughter about this the other week when she was here... Um, 
that you kind of all know each other from a certain period of Fleet Street because it was yeah. quite a small yeah. group of... I mean, there was a lot of us, but we kind yeah. of all knew each other. You cross-pollinated you know. more than I did, though. You worked on different papers, Well, that wasn't you? my fault. It was because I kept getting fired. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. only really worked but on also, the mail. No, do, you know the what, do you know what set me up so well was working in New York? Because yeah. standing in Costello's bar... Basically, I met everyone. Yeah. Because everyone who came to New York, and in those days, a lot of people did. Yeah. You know, everyone from like David English would be there yeah. one day, the next day, Sir Nicholas Lloyd would be there. Yeah. You know, all, including all the people that actually worked there. Hugh McElvenny was over for yeah. a while, and he based himself in New York State for a bit, you know. So every kind of senior journalist yeah. at every single newspaper at one point or another yeah. was standing at the bar. Yeah. And we were always there. Amazing. You know, so that kind of gave me an insight into all the different people yeah. that I ended up then meeting, yeah. you know? I remember, uh, I think I might have mentioned this a long time ago, but Martin Dunn, who was yeah. in the... Yeah, I know Martin the still tabloid. now. Yeah. yeah. Which one was it? The Daily News? Daily News, yeah. Daily News. And uh, he took me for lunch at, I think it was a place called Mary's near Fifth Avenue and Central Park, somewhere Don't around know. there. Yeah. But he said at the time, he said, this is the place. And, right. But we were sat in what I thought was the worst table in the joint because right. it was right by the door. And every time the door opened someone walked past you and a little bit of air drafted Oh, God, I hate that. Yeah, but I said to him, he said to me, this is the best table in the place. Because really? everybody has to see you as you right. walk past. And right. like deliberately positioned yes. there for, the, for all That's the influence. That's very New York. I remember yeah. when I was living there, um, the Four Seasons was this, there was a lot of power restaurants, but yeah. the Four Seasons, not the hotel, but the restaurant yeah. was the place to be. And they had two rooms. Right. And everybody used to talk about Siberia. Yeah. If you're in the wrong room, yeah. it was like awful. Yeah. And I remember taking my, my wife, I think it was our wedding anniversary or something, and I must have called in a favour from somewhere because yeah. I managed to get a table in the big room, yeah. which was where the, the sort of the water the, the water was. Yeah. And you literally looked over there, and there was Barbara Walters, yeah. and there was Henry Kissinger. Yeah. And she was blown away. I mean, yeah. I was kind of going, yeah, well, fantastic. Yeah, no problem. Have you seen, do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yes. Have you seen the latest? I haven't seen the latest one, actually. So latest, you know what? I wasn't yeah. sure if I wanted to because it was, when I I first discovered yeah. it, I thought this is the funniest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Because it's very much yeah. a New York humour, but in yeah. LA. Yeah. Um, no, I think he's come back. I know what you mean. It's sort of dipped for a series. Yeah, two. for one or two, it just kind of got he's a bit too much. He's on series ten now, but the last, really? the very last episode, the most recent episode, it's about him discovering that he's always put into the ugly side of the restaurants. <laughs> there's a beautiful side and an ugly right. side, and his struggle with that. But the worst one for that in the world is the mm. Brasserie Lip in Saint-Germain in Paris. Oh, really? Where they have an upstairs, right. which is basically completely just full of tourists, yeah. right? And they've got the downstairs front half is for people who are very well connected, right. but not quite all not that. Not quite there. And then the back half right. is for like the for Macron and his mates uh -huh. and the cabinet ministers right. and all of that. And so it's... So the people are always trying to get to the other bit. Absolutely. And it's the most depressing thing when you walk in mm. and you think, well, I'm not one of these scuzzy tourists. And they just and the fella just doesn't even look at you, just walks you up right. to, the, to this... See, I don't know Paris very well. And I always, I always find restaurants in Paris to be really really difficult to navigate because yeah. the people are so rude. Yeah, they are, yeah. You know, That's I mean, what, yeah. we went to Paris um, for a sort of, you know, anniversary a few years back and we stayed, funnily enough, outside in a part, I can't remember the name of it, it was one of these little sort of satellite towns yeah. um, which you could get the double-decker train. I've always thought the yeah, double-decker yeah. train, one yeah. of the greatest ideas ever. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, And we were sort of wandering about, staggering about around near where the... Um, I guess the, we started off at the Eiffel Town and we kind of walked around, ended up at the, the tunnel where old uh, Princess Diana yeah. met her maker. Yeah. And we went off and found a place to go for lunch. And it was empty, right? Yeah. And this guy was just like pointing to this kind of 
part of the place. And I was like, I'm going to sit there. And it was like they were sort of doing it like theatre seating, yeah. filling it from the back. Yeah. I'm like, I want to sit out here. No, you sit there. And I'm like, no. We walked oh, out, right? We, you know, we ended up eating? Yeah. Prep. We ended up going to prep because I'm like, I'm not doing it. We went to like two or three places. They were all so bloody rude. I said, I'm not yeah. putting up with this. Yeah. You know, I'm paying them money. I don't yeah. care if we're in France. Well, we went to, when I first started going out with Nadia, we we had a first weekend away in Paris, right? And Lloyd Embley, who yeah. at that time was just a, a friend of mine at the Mirror and is now the he editor-in-chief. He straddle the yeah. uh, empire of Lloyd, PLC. Lloyd Embley, who, who, who knows about food, right? Mm. He said, go to this place, it's mm. fantastic. It's the, the Orangerie Brasserie okay. right, in the Ile de la Cité, right? So I booked a table for two. Oh, yeah. And we walk in, and the first thing, I haven't got a jacket on, right? So the first thing is, right, take a jacket. Right? Right. So they produce a row of about six jackets, uh-huh. all stinking a beer. Right. right. So I'll put this bloody jacket Yeah, that's on. never a good way to start, right. So already I feel like a complete twat, yeah. right? And then they lead us to our table. <laughs> they only give you a tie as well. And it's like, a, it's a very kind of intimate room, right? Yeah. So it's dark, candlelit, yes. everything, big, massive wine glasses, right. lots of silver service. But the table we put on, it literally is next is butting up to the table next to us right. where there's another couple trying to have an intimate dinner. Oh, yeah. And then the table next to them right. is like... So when the people in the middle wanted to get out to go to the toilets, mm. the people had to come and move the tables, right? right. Like, like, a, oh, like honestly, like a game of Jenga. Yeah, yeah. And, and Nadia is sitting there and has been built up to this lovely night out and she just starts crying. Oh, right? God. And is weeping about how awful this right. thing is. And I then have to start explaining... To the to the two and you, are, you, are your French any good or not? No, well they were American next okay. to us, and, and basically we all just agreed that this was one of the shittest restaurants. Well, experiences I hope you told Emily ever. that you managed to get that I wrong. I did, yeah, yeah. Awful. You know. I had a very bad experience. Well, not that bad, but I mean, once in I was in around the back of Farringdon one time when I was yeah. working at the Express, yeah. and there was a guy called Chris Williams. Yeah, I know Chris. Yeah. And he was with his girlfriend then, who was about to become his second wife, and they were in this restaurant just opposite Smithfield, basically. Yeah. And they said, "Why don't you come and join us?" You know. And I'd been doing one of those probably, you know, lunchtime drinking session, bit of an evening one, then went to join them. And it was the middle of winter. And I remember yeah. all the, it was a very nice little restaurant, but all the tables, like, like you just said, yeah. were very close together. Yeah. So I kind of swept. Was it a French restaurant? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I bet you I know which one yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of, it's near Snow Hill Police Station. Yeah, yeah. It's on that side, right? I know, I know. And um, sort of, I think they had blue and white tablecloths yeah. as well. So I'm walking sort of around the table because they're both sitting, one on each side, there's a banquette. And he said, oh, why don't you come around here? So I slide through the two tables, the little gap that's there, right? And I, was, I think I was either wearing a coat or carrying a coat. Yeah. And suddenly I hear this kind of clatter. <laughs> and I turn around, right? And I've knocked the wine, the wine bucket, the ice bucket, full of wine oh, and ice oh, all over the table next to him, <laughs> right? Who happens to be in the middle of eating their meals, oh, the no. two women, right? And it was, it was just a wash with, with oh, ice no. and water. And I was like, oh, really sorry. I said, no, I'm really sorry. I said, listen, I'm very happy to get you another, uh, another bottle of wine. I really yeah. apologise for that. And they were like, yeah, and they sort of calmed down a bit, right? Yeah. So we then go through the process. We have, I had some dinner, or maybe just drinks, can't remember. The, at the end of the, uh, the, the evening, or about an hour later, the waiter comes up to me, right? And he hands me this bill. Yeah. And these two are sitting there. I said, uh, sorry, what's this? And he said, oh, you said, uh, they said you would pay for their dinner. Yeah. I said, no, I didn't. I did not say I would pay for their dinner. No, I said I would buy, I said I would buy them another bottle of wine because I knocked that one over. Yeah. So I'm not paying for the dinner. Yeah. What and else they went, you, to pay you ruined our dinner. We had to order another one. I said, well, they can pay for that. Yeah. 
I said, you don't have to pay for two Some dinners. T- I tell you, it's called an accident. Honestly, mate. You know? Some people. And then I said, look, I don't mind paying for your wine. I said, yeah. but I'll tell you what, do you know what? Now you can fuck off and not pay for your wine. <laughs> <laughs> this huge row ensued. And poor old Chris is sitting there, because you know he's quite mild-mannered. He yeah. doesn't really like all this. And I'm going, it's all kicking off. You've only been in the place six minutes. <laughs> Unbelievable. And they ended up storming off. That's great. Paid for their own wine and their own food. I'll bet you it's the Café du Musée. Yes, I think it might have been. The reason I know that is I think it might have been. Again, because we lived down the road from there, and that was a regular haunt of me and Nadia's. Oh, it's really nice food. They used to do a fantastic, uh, I think it was a beef suet pudding. Oh, yeah. For some reason. Marvellous. I've got a feeling I didn't eat. I've got a feeling I just went and joined them for drinks. We got barred out for some reason. Did you? About arguing about wine. About, Mm. yeah. Um, but they, they were the days when we'd drink three bottles of wine at a yeah. dinner. You know, it was like... Pure. Well, I mean, in those days, I was drinking three bottles of wine before I even made dinner. Yeah. You know, that was before I got... I mean, Ian Walker and I used to go to the Oxo Tower for yeah. lunch yeah. and just stand yeah. at the bar. They yeah. knew us so well. Yeah. Um, and we used to drink this stuff called Mad Fish, which was Australian sort of Chardonnay, because yeah. that was all we drank in those days. I mean, right. I can't touch Chardonnay now, because right. that really heavy yellow That's Chardonnay right, yeah. that Oaky, everybody used to Oaky, drink, you know, Oaky, Wolf yeah. Blast and all that. Yeah. Um, and we always knew if we had the third bottle, that was probably yeah. a mistake. Yeah. But we quite often had three bottles yeah. for lunch between us and no food. That's great. There used to be a guy in the Liverpool Echo who's long dead now, but he used to have a... And he was an alcoholic, yeah. no question. But he, he used to drink a drink called the Octa Gin. Oh, yeah. Which was eight double measures of gin in a pint glass topped Christ. up with tonic water, which is more than half a pint of gin. That's and amazing. that was his lunchtime drink. That's incredible. Do you yeah. know what I've got, which was brought to me by a wine-tasting person that comes onto my show quite a bit? This new thing, it's a new thing called, um, I think it's called a compact gin or something like miniature gin, and it comes in a very small bottle, and there's a thimble attached to it, right? Yeah. And, and it's so concentrated, this stuff, that you pour it into a thimble, yeah. and that's the same as a, an actual like double measure or something really? like that. Yeah, it's amazing. It must be like 100 proof. I don't know what it's like. I mean, I said to her, I said, what happens if I drink the whole bottle? She said, nobody's ever done that. So I think, yeah. well, uh, maybe, well there's, a maybe there's a challenge for one weekend. Yeah. But, but literally, you take a thimbleful, put wow. it in a glass. Yeah. And then fill it up with tonic, with and it tonic? tastes like ah. you put loads of gin in it. I mean, it's really incredible. And, and it is alcoholic. Oh, no, it's made here. Yeah, it's made. It's English stuff. It's made it somewhere in London. Did you know that gin is basically just vodka with flavourings? No. The base of gin. Well, is, the base is of all vodka. spirits. It is vodka. It's just distilled. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not made from potatoes though, which no, vodka but, is. Yeah, but it? that's potato vodka. Right. No, most vodka is made from grain. Okay. In fact, potato is isn't that pachin basically the Irish? Well, I suppose so. Moonshine. I've never had that. Yeah. I've never tried Yeah, that. but it's basically just vodka with juniper berries right. tucked into it. Yeah. But now gin is ridiculous. I mean, if you go, even go into it's the gone, local Tesco's... It's gone absolutely wild. They've got wild. about 55 different kinds I of know. gin. Well, right? we're in Norfolk, and right. it's got... Uh, gosh, you know, there must be about 30 or 40 different... There's different, one in Bermondsey. Uh, Bermondsey? Yeah, do you know the Chop House? Yes. I went in there one day, which I don't go in anymore because I had a row with them. Um, I know it's going to sound like, you know. But I used to go there, I used to love it, sit by the river, sit yeah. outside. When my yeah. daughter lived here, we used to go there all the time. But we went there one day and, and she wanted a gin and tonic and they, get, and they said, do you have any preference? And she said, no, not really, don't mind. Yeah. And they said, oh, there's a Bermondsey gin that's made just over there. Yeah. So give her that, right? Yeah, yeah no, I had a row with her. I went in one nice. Friday, one uncharacteristically Friday, I was up here on a Friday night and I went to meet a friend of mine and we sat out, she was already there, I sat out, joined her Asked for a glass of champagne. It took about 10 minutes to right. bring me a glass of champagne. Yeah. Um, we then said, you know, we wanted a menu. That took another 10 minutes. We were there right. basically 45 minutes. Yeah. They Just didn't manage started. to bring us anything to it. And they only managed to bring one drink. 
Terrible. And in the end, I just... And it was about 37 quid yeah. for the two glasses of champagne. God. And I got up, I said, look, thanks, man, but I'm just not, you know... And yeah. they were like, oh, please stay, you know, we don't, we're just really busy at the moment. And yeah. we'd asked them for some oysters. I said, yeah. how difficult is it to put on a tray of oysters? You don't have to cook them. <laughs> just put them on a tray. Yeah. You didn't manage to do that. We're off. We're going, you know. I've done that several times and stood up in a huge public rage. Yeah. And this is right. Come on, Nadia, we'll leave. Right. And, and just as the waitress brings the food to the table, <laughs> after then, so I was like, oh, it's all right. Sit when down. I was when I was uh, learning my trade as, a, as an argumentative person in restaurants, I used to go when I was working for the, the Hungarian patisserie guy. Yeah. And he would always say, "You don't have to pay for the food." He said, "If you don't, if you're not happy, you always have to. By law, you always have to pay for the alcohol. Really? But if you're not happy with the food, just tell them. Just that. tell them you're not paying for it. Why? Because we all went. Well, I remember we went out one time for. They used to take us out into Kettner's yeah. before it became this kind of trendy place it is now. Yeah. Um, for the sort of Christmas do, and he got into a rage about something, and there was like twenty five of us there. Yeah. And we all, after having one drink or something, we all got up <laughs> and stormed out of the place <laughs> all together. You know. And he's like, "I'm not paying for any of this. Yeah, you, know, wow. you know, take some money for the for the for the booze. Wow. But basically, none of the food. Gosh, were you ever at those? Um Columnists' dinners, the Christmas columnist dinners. That not really. No, no, not really. I used to, I, the, the the most kind of bizarre one I think I ever went to was that one. Was it Cafe de Paris? Yeah, which was everyone. That's right. Yeah, it was a sort of the executive I that. team. That's right. Yeah, and then the weirdest one actually was the one at the Greek restaurant. Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. Yeah. Where the plates were, and, and we were then, right. we were in this room. Yeah, but there was like two other parties at the same time. It was very odd, and it was a really long table. And I got stuck sit, sitting next to old uh, Seymour. David, is it David oh, Seymour, David remember him? Is he still around? He, he is. He's on, uh, he's on Twitter. Yeah. He was one of the most boring men alive. And I don't <laughs> mind saying that because he if he's listening, earnest. I'm sure he knows that, right? <laughs> but I ended up sitting next to him and opposite somebody else who was really boring. I was like, yeah. how's this, how no, this been terrible, done? Terrible. Is this some kind of punishment? Terrible. But it was awful. Yeah. I, I remember uh, going to one... I hope I haven't told this story before because if, if, if I have, I apologise. Is it the one about Jonathan Ross? Oh, it is. You okay, have, so I have them cigars. stealing all the cigars. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you have. Okay, well, we'll skip that. But mm. They were extraordinary. Did you ever, lavish. when you were sort of in charge of all those guys, did yeah. you ever get to be invited into the inner sanctum? Because you know how Jonathan Ross for a long time had yeah. that famous Christmas party no, that I never everybody went to always party. went to. No, I went to Matthew Freud's place a couple of times, which, oh, was, yeah. which is an extraordinary house in... In um, what's it called? In Primrose Hill. Is that when he was married to Elizabeth Murdoch? Yeah, but he's he's there on his own now, yeah. of course. But he, um, well, he's probably not on his own. Well, no, quite, but not with but not Elizabeth with Murdoch anyway. No. But it's like a sort of Bond dwelling behind. I think I know where it is. Houses, yeah. Yeah, I think I know where it is. And he's got a swimming pool in his forecourt that yeah. sort of rises up to be a courtyard in the winter. Oh yeah. And he owns a, he owns the ground floor of one of the houses next to it, which yeah. has turned into a wine cellar. And right. It's like it's he's unbelievable. He's, I took an instant dislike to him. Yeah. Um, many years ago, and in fact, it was when I first really became friends with Piers. Yeah. Because. Um, it was they were opening Planet Hollywood in New York, and every single paper decided to send out a correspondent. Apart from today, yeah. which was the paper I worked for, and they said, "Well, you can you can go, can't you?" Yeah. And of course, all the PR was being done by Matthew Freud from London. Yeah. And he was flying everybody out, so it was Baz Barry Boy, Piers Morgan, yeah. you know, all that. I don't know who was there from the Mirror. Piers was with the Sunday Nose. Matthew, right? Oh no, I don't think it was. No, it was yeah, before yeah, his yeah, time. Yeah. 
but anyway, it was, so I had to basically try and get into this thing, and I couldn't, for the life of me, get hold of Matthew Freud. Yeah. And when I eventually did get hold of somebody, and they said, they were like, well, we're really only doing it for British-based newspapers. I'm like, I am for a British-based <laughs> newspaper, but I'm just not based there. Yeah. I'm based in New York. Yeah. So in the end, I just thought, well, I'm just going to have to turn up. Yeah. You know? And it was when I said, it was, it was old Bruce Willis and Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Stallone. I don't know if you've ever seen him in the flesh. He's so small. Really? I thought, Christ almighty, he looks like a midget. Really? I mean, he actually does. He looks, How tall do you think he is? I think he's about, uh, no more than my shoulders. So like four, five, four. I think he's about like five, that. four or something wow. like that. Yeah, is really that right? small. Yeah. Incredible. Um, and Schwarzenegger's not massive, yeah. you know, but he made him look massive. And Willis yeah. is kind of average, you know. Yeah. Um, so I'm standing there and there's a sort of velvet rope. And I, just, I could see, you know, like Baz, Barry Boy inside, and who I knew a little bit. And I'm sort of waving. And you're at waving him. and they're all, he's, look, no, they're he's all waving looking back. Your way. No, he's waving back. I'm like, no, no, no. What you... Piers was the only one that came out uh, and basically gave me a fill on what yeah. had happened. Right. And gave me some quotes. And I said, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. And it was, he was the only one yeah. that actually did it. And he didn't even really know me in those nah. days. Well, but he just did it out of the goodness a, of his he heart. He got a generous heart. Yeah. yeah. No so that was always why. And that was why I always hated Matthew Freud because I saw Matthew Freud outside and I said can you get please get me in I'm here he said oh yeah I'll, I'll, I'll make sure you can get in later and he never did uh, frauds they we used Matthew to call fraud yeah. yeah well it's just not a very pleasant man but he used Quite to powerful though very powerful and they used to be able to put the strong arm on editors and yeah. say do this do that and if if you don't you'll never get access to any of these to people all the other again. people yeah and so people did run kind of hmm. stupid interviews with nobody, yeah. you know, to please these people. Well, these, are the, these are the kind of super agents, aren't they? Because yeah. they took the, the lead from that guy, Michael Ovitz. Do you remember this That's creative right. artist yeah. agency? He was yeah. the first guy. Yeah. He left, I think it was called... Um, was it... What was UA, it? Uh, un- no, he was. It wasn't United Artists. It was um, Rogers and Cowan, I think, uh-huh. who were one of the original old-time right, right. sort of you know Hollywood agents who yeah. were very well behaved and nice. Whereas Michael Ovitz was just really, really brash, yeah. and he just went and he said, "Right, here's the movie, here's the star, here's the director, yeah. here's the you know here's the co-star. We give you all of them, or we give yeah. you none of them." Yeah. And suddenly it was like oh, almost like Back to the Studio. Yeah. How did that happen? And yeah. I think Weinstein probably operated yeah. a bit like that as well. Yeah. And so then suddenly here they thought Freud thought, "Well, this is a good idea." Yeah. And they signed up everybody. He's a very clever bloke, though. I remember. Oh, yeah. I got, so I got summoned one night when Brexit was just sort of kicking off. So oh, it'd yeah. be about December. And where or were you then? So I was. I'd just launched the New European. Right? Okay. So I was obviously interesting, and I got this summons to go and see to meet, go to Matthew's mm. house this night, right, right, to talk about Brexit, uh-huh. and got in. I had no. I thought there was going to be like you know thirty people yeah. or something like that. It was me, Bob Geldof. And Peter Willis and Matthew Freud. Right? Really? Yeah. Wow. And so I'm I'm going in and I'm sitting next to Bob Geldof. I said, "Oh, hello, Bob. Yeah, Matt Kelly from the New York. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, And starts going nuts right. about Brexit, about the iniquity of he's it. He's quite foul mouthed, isn't he? Yeah, Paul? but also he's very articulate. Yeah. But he just sort of like there's no room for a conversation. No. It's, a, it's a monologue, right. you know. And, right. And Matthew's there going into the kitchen, getting like sweet corn. He got some sweet corn, which he described to me as. This is the freshest sweet corn you'll ever taste. Like, and oh, I was yeah. tempted to say, "Well, I know there's no fucking sweet corn plants within about right. twenty miles of right. here, so you know." I've actually I'm sure picked I could some do in Connecticut <laughs> yeah. anyway. off off the, uh, the the guy that's just grown yeah. it. It was yeah. very nice the sweet corn, but I wouldn't go mad about it. Right. But inside the house, it's like it's it's like a sort of modern art museum. Right. I'm you know, sure. Amazing. Yeah, uh, and huge. You know, huge uh, sweeping open plan. Room, but Bob Geldof sitting there, and I was there for about two hours, mm. and Geldof just ranting away about Brexit, 
drinking wine. This was post the actual referendum Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is about December 2016. And they were kind of working out how do we respond to this. You know, we were seen as as part of the possible solution. And Peter Willis... And what was Willis doing? So Willis had been invited from... Probably because Freud knew him, presumably. Yeah, and Freud knows him. And I think Willis knows Matthew very... Right. Quite well, you know, okay. as well as you can. Anyway, during this conversation, mm. Freud said something that I thought was absolute genius, mm. which was uh, Uber, who at the time were going through a massive problem with licensing in London, right. obviously, and had, had become notorious as housing, you know, rapists and right. all of this business, and had massive reputational right. issue. He said, all Uber's got to do is stick a first aid kit in every Uber car and say that they will be first responders to any any... Uh, emergency right. health crisis in the street, right? Wow. And they will become like the that fifth emergency perfect. service, yeah. right? And and you just sort of think, my that I would never, I could have sat no. on a desert island yep. for ten years, and I'd never have thought yeah. of that. But yeah. he's got that kind of brain yes. about how do you turn something around completely? Yeah. Well, some people would call that uh, not just psychopathic, but completely and utterly morally bankrupt as well, <laughs> because here you are basically going to a company which has been accused of committing the most heinous crimes and going, that is how you get out of it. You know, give me a bit of money. Bob's yeah. your uncle. Yeah. This is why I could never do PR. Yeah. So many of our former colleagues are in PR. Well, they took and money. So much yeah. of it is crisis PR. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a guy called Jack Irving. Yeah. He used to be the editor of the Sun in Scotland. Scotland yeah. Black Jack, they used to call him. Yeah. Um, who basically owns everything in Scotland in terms of PR. He's got a massive uh, yeah. PR business. Mark he, Hollinshead's got a massive PR business. Yeah. Hollycom. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, God knows how he's managed to do it as well. But there are all these guys who yeah. you look at them and you go, how do you manage to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Are people really that gullible? Yeah. The answer is yes. Ian Monk, who left the Express yeah. under River Cloud, That's he right. went to work for McLaurin, which was one of the huge businesses yeah. at the time. Yeah. He's now representing people like Wayne Rooney, yeah. and he's got his own business. And he said to me, he said, you won't believe it. When I first went to McLaurin, which was already a very well-established PR company, yeah. he said, do you know how they thought you got stories into papers? And I said, no. He said, they thought the best thing to do is to send a fax to the editor's office. <laughs> he went, I said, that's not how you do it. And he, said, like, he started rigging up like individual yeah. correspondents, like consumer yeah. correspondent for this, health yeah. correspondent for that. And he's like, and they were all amazed at the yeah. fact that there's been page leads in the papers Amazing. all every day. Amazing. Do you know what I heard? And about he said I, nobody knew it about Wayne Rooney, by the way. Yeah, you know that shaggy. So he's got a now t- t- Sunday Times column. Yeah, and but it, very good apparently. Well, but, it's very well written. Yeah, but I don't think he wrote I'm it. I'm not sure he wrote it. But I mean, I try and read it in his voice, right? And yeah. then you tell me that he wrote it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Wazza, as he's known, yeah. apparently, you remember the the granny prostitute yes. story? Apparently, it was total bollocks yes. that he never had sex with this grandmother. No. at all complete fabrication uh-huh. but there, for some reason I can't I don't know the circumstances I, I, I think I've seen a similar account he couldn't get out of it right. for some reason right but it was nonsense maybe, which, it's, maybe it's covering up something worse yeah quite possibly that's sometimes the way quite possibly I mean that's how Max Clifford used to operate wasn't it he, oh, was, he was basically horrible well we didn't know scum. how horrible no. until later but even before we knew he was a, I, I but certainly he was one of those people who would yeah. offer something else yeah. in order not to have something else come out that's right and what he used to do, his trick was, he would phone up, someone would come into the news for some reason, some civilian who suddenly had yeah. done something or whatever, and he'd phone them. He'd phone the papers and yeah. say, right, I'm representing so-and-so, right. and uh, she wants 500,000 quid for right. the buy-up. Right. And he'd never even spoken to the woman. Right. And the editors would say, right, yeah, no, no. And they'd auction for the deal, you know, right. they'd get the deal. And then he'd go to this woman and say, knowing how deal. much, exactly how much she was worth, right. and able to say, I can write you a cheque for... 
50% of that right yeah. now, you know. So he was Jesus. an absolute scum. Horrible man. Yeah, absolutely yeah. ghastly. Luckily, I didn't spend too much time in his company. Yeah. Um, we're out of time again. No. We are. In fact, I think we've actually gone over the normal allotted uh, we've hardly, uh, amount of time. We've yeah. hardly talked about coronavirus. I know. Amazing. Well, good. it shows it's possible. probably shows that. Yeah, it's probably a good thing. Well, at some point, it will settle down. Yeah. But not so. yet. Have you... One thing we should say yeah. is we haven't talked about the film Contagion. Yes. If you haven't seen Contagion, listeners... Watch it. You've got to watch I it. I think it was, was it 2004 or 2014? Yes, I think so. Or it was something, 2004, I think. Yeah, so it's quite old. My kids enjoyed it because it doesn't look old. Yes. And they won't watch an old film. Well, it's a brilliant film anyway, yeah. and it's got a superstar cast, doesn't yeah. it? Matt amazing Damon, cast. And, you know, uh, Incredible. Huge Gwyneth ca- Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Kate Winslet. Kate, that's right. Uh, what's the, who's the guy from um, the, the gangster movies? What's his name? Anyway. Yes, br- I know. Brilliant cast. Yeah, yeah. But, and the fella from The Matrix, the big black guy from yes, The Matrix. That's Lawrence, right. Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. Yeah. I'll anyway. tell you what's also great is, is Outbreak, which is a much older film. Right. But also still stands yeah. the test of time. And that's Dustin Hoffman, right. Rene Russo, and another incredible one, Cuba that. Gooding. Right. That's, it's a bit more... It's a bit less like the pandemic scenario, right? But it's more of like Ebola type thing, right? Which but turns, the, but it turns out to be a sort of government problem, right? But it's really good. But there are moments in Contagion when you you draw drops mm. because it is literally what's happening right now. Yeah, literally. Well, let's hope not. And some of the fr- no, but so, yeah, no, it's slightly worse, isn't it? Yeah. Well, here's a mad thought right. I had. Say this thing was a bit worse, right, mm. and killed people more yeah. than it does, and. Children don't get it, but they do spread it. Mm. Imagine if that came along. You'd have a world without adults eventually, wouldn't yeah. you? Just kids. Yeah. That'd be better. But they do grow up, though. Yeah. What happens then? That, then it's like Logan's run. Yeah. Then you get your sort of crew. <laughs> oh, the hell with this. We'll work on these screenplays before week. next All time. All things being well, unless we've been eaten by the children. <laughs> this is the Thought Police. <laughs> came and knocked on the door one day. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And I don't like people knocking on my door. No. Right? I don't. Although, to be fair to him, that is how to knock on a door. <laughs> but go on. Yeah, yeah but he's, this is inside a building, right? Yeah. So we've got a bell outside the right, building. Right, You don't walk into the no, building and, I know. and knock it's on the disturbing, door. disturbing. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I look out through the little peephole and I see that it's him, so I, I let him in. I answer it. And he says, um, he points at one of the lights, because we've got these automatic lights that come on when you yeah. walk, you know? Yeah. Motion detectors yeah, types, yeah. and he went. Um, that light up there is never off, right? And that one over there is never on. And I said, right. <laughs> Why are you swapping round? He said, have you noticed? <laughs> he said, have you noticed whether they go on or off when you walk past them? I said, not really. <laughs> I'm thinking, why is he knocking on my fucking door? So I see this, right? Got in. I had no. I thought it was going to be like you know, thirty people yeah. or something like that. It was me, Bob Geldof and Peter Willis and Matthew Freud. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so I'm I'm going in and I'm sitting next to Bob Geldof. I said, oh, hello, Bob. Yeah, Matt Kelly from the New York. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And starts going nuts about Brexit, about the iniquity of it. He's quite foul mouth, isn't he? Yeah, but also he's very articulate. But he just sort of like, there's no room for a conversation. It's a a monologue, you know. And, And Matthew's there going into the kitchen, getting like sweet corn. He got some sweet corn, which he described to me as this is the freshest sweet corn you'll ever taste. Like, and oh, I was yeah. tempted to say, well, I know there's no fucking sweet corn plants within about right. 20 miles of here, right. so, you know, I've actually I'm sure picked I could some do better. in Connecticut <laughs> yeah. anyway. off, off the, uh, the, the guy that's just grown yeah. it. It was yeah. very nice, the sweet corn, but I wouldn't go mad about it. And then I said, look, I don't mind paying for your wine. I said, yeah. but I'll tell you what, do you know what? Now you can fuck off. I'm not yeah. paying for your wine. <laughs> 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 Who 
this huge row ensued. And poor old Chris is sitting there, because you know he's quite mild-mannered. Yeah. Doesn't really like all this. And I'm going, it's all kicking off. You've only been in the place six minutes. 